0: Now let's get to work. Hello and welcome back. Today is the day after Valentine's Day that this is being published. So of course, it is the perfect time to feature my super smart numbers guy, hubby Ryan. Today's topic, I think, is a pretty timely one. It's what to do if and when your company is struggling financially, which I'm seeing happen to quite a few companies, honestly, right now. And frankly, I kind of think that the last few years have set us up for this in some way. Like, we had COVID happen. I feel like I've been talking about COVID a lot lately. The government pumped a whole bunch of money into businesses with the PPP and ERC, and businesses just kind of continued to spend and make investments, which was the point of those programs and stay in business, of course. But there was also a boom, especially in tech. Like, sales were higher for many companies because so many people were online. And they were spending time you know, looking at different websites. Web traffic was up. Ad conversions were up. And then the hiring market got super crazy. Everyone knows about this. Companies had to spend a ton of money to retain. And in some cases, we were hiring at 125% or 150% of what we usually would have spent on salary. And lots of people switched jobs. So those people had to be replaced. So it was just kind of like this perfect spiral, I think companies by nature are also optimistic and they overhire and they overinvest in software that never gets used. And I can say all of these things because I've certainly been there. And now, boom, people are worried about the economy. Lead gen is slowing down. Marketing spending is slowing down. Sales slowing down. Margins are getting slimmer and companies are getting scared. So I wanted to bring in Ryan today to talk about this not only because he's an outsource CFO, but because he reads a ton about what's going on in the world and the economy, and he's just a very smart man. Hey, Ryan. What's up?
1: Hey. No pressure. Now I feel like that was too much.
0: What's How up I from feel- upstairs? How's it going?
1: Right.
0: <laughs> oh, uh, disclaimer before we get started. I said a few weeks ago that we were in a recession, and that was recorded before the Q4 numbers were out. And we are technically now not in a recession, and the IMF is reporting that a global recession will likely be avoided. But people still be acting like we are in a recession, so we are still talking about it. So, Ryan, I know you and I got together and made a little little outline for today while you were trying to watch Peaky Blinders, and I was bothering you about what we're going to talk about on this podcast. You're welcome. Uh, So... I basically have a list of what to do if your company is struggling financially and I'm going to kind of outline the list that we made together and then have Ryan talk about what each of them means. So the first thing that we discussed is making sure that you have fallback and emergency plans in place. What does that mean?
1: To me, it means to plan ahead and really Take the time to understand your cash needs and kind of what your break-even point is from a cash standpoint and profit loss uh, and what your runway is. I think there's a lot of companies out there that don't fully understand their cash. And um, to your point, when there's kind of been these free dollars around to spend in these last few years, um, it's been really easy to put all that money to use without really having to account for it entirely right and to be able to run at a loss or a cash negative position and with some of the tides changing on that uh, it's really forcing people to take a look at how much cash do we really have and what is the longevity of it if you have cash in hand get a line of credit as soon as possible you should always look to have that in your back pocket to so see you have that for rainy days and to talk to your investors and talk to your co-founders and anyone else that you know is involved in the company and understand is there more that they can invest at any time? Not that you need it today necessarily, but um, to know what your options are when push comes to shove. Can I go to my founders to pull out, you know, another whatever it might be hundred thousand dollars, or you know, can you talk to the investors? I'm willing to pony up more? Or are we at a point where I've got to be I got to stand on my own two feet, right? And we got to be able to support ourselves uh, because that's a different animal once you have to do that.
0: Yeah. And it's so fascinating being married to a CFO because you get to see that most companies wait until they really can't get money anymore to look for money. So, like when you're not making money, it's hard to get a loan and it's hard to get new investors and whatnot. And I think that actually leads into step number 2 which is being super realistic about your situation and i mentioned before that entrepreneurs are natural optimists i think when you and i talk you're always like this needs to happen and this needs to happen even in our personal lives and i'm like it's going to be fine it always works out <laughs> we'll figure it out and you're always looking at me like dude everything is not always fine and that is totally <laughs> the the difference between like the realist cfo and the entrepreneur that's like oh it, it'll be wonderful. We will always, you know, like I've gotten through every bad situation before and we'll get through it again. So talk to me about the importance of just being realistic and what founders
1: should do. Yeah, uh, I do think it's really important. And even from, like you mentioned, from our personal side, like, and I'm generally pretty optimistic, I think.
0: Oh, you are, for I mean, sure.
1: Um, I just also like to plan for the worst, maybe not the worst, but, you know, not the most optimistic uh, situation I, I tend to I like to plan on the pessimistic side and hope that we never have to you know break glass and go down, there. but at least to have it ready so that if we do we know what we're going to do and there's a plan in place that we can just go, okay, great, this is the evacuation plan right and you don't have to think about it but I think you know when you are overly optimistic regarding sales, it does I mean and that's where it's going to come from right it's going to come from the growth and sales side on that optimism and when that happens and assuming you're doing the forecasting and projections to understand your cash runway and what that looks like you can really shoot yourself in the foot and set yourself up for failure because if you're overly optimistic and then all of a sudden you start missing those numbers when you think you have cash that's going to last you 6 months well if you miss your sales targets you know rather significantly for a couple months you might be out of cash in month 3 mm-hmm. and so it can, <laughs> or, yeah, and so it can really sneak up on you, um, and again, not that you want to be super pessimistic, but you know, maybe set your projections from a planning standpoint a little lower, <laughs> not at the best case scenario, so that you are understanding that, okay, if we only hit this, we got cash for three months versus six, which means I should be talking to investors and whatnot today, or yeah, adjusting some other plans. Uh, To understand that, okay, I need to, I need to make my cash last six months. So we need to look at what's coming in from a sales lead standpoint, you know, weekly to make and understand where we're at and be making those adjustments accordingly.
0: Bro, why are you talking crap about me on my own podcast? I'm not. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm totally messing with you. But also, like, like I said, I have definitely been there because I am super optimistic about like, sales and growth and that's why i need people like you in my life that are like let's find like the realistic midpoint where i'm always just like pushing and stretching but i've learned the hard way that that is
1: not always well, the best policy but I do you think those goals like the pushing and the stretching are good for they're good for you and they're good for the team right to stretch and go hey we can do better we can do we can always move faster do better right um so i think from like a just pushing your team and trying to get the most out of what you have, the resources you have, it's the right approach. Obviously, if you're telling the story, right. And not like wearing people down, but right. Um, right, you know, it's the right approach. It's just when it comes back to the finance side and really going, okay. Yeah. I understand. You know, Jackie, you're pushing the team and you're saying you're going to be here, but for my financial and the cash side, I'm going to like cut that down to 80% uh-huh. and just go like, From a planning standpoint, let's plan at 80. If you hit 100% of what you're talking about, awesome. You won't have to worry about your cash, you know, whatever. But I'm going to plan for less.
0: Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I'm kind of going to combine a few of these next bullets. Uh, One is, well, we've been having a lot of conversations in our house about the layoffs that are happening in tech And I think that a lot of these companies, you can see when there is a layoff coming in the future if you are being realistic with yourself, point two. And one way to kind of stop some of that is that you could start having conversations with employees that you don't have full-time work for. This happens in the agency world all the time. Like we have lots of different functions that we run within a small team and therefore we don't always have full-time work for everyone and some people have half-time work and some people have more than full-time work. But I think if you let people know what's going on, then they can start looking, you can be a reference for them and it can be mutually beneficial for both parties. But I think it is very scary to do this from a leadership perspective because you don't want your team to think the whole team company is blowing up. And that kind of leads into the talking to your team and being honest part, which I think leaders in general are not honest enough about their cash situation, about what's happening within the company.
1: Yeah. I think like you touched on before, I mean, the economy, we just got pretty good news for Q4. So like, you know, GDP is still up. It was nearly 3%. The job market was still really strong. There were over 200,000 jobs added, which is above, both were above expectations, Uh, inflation is coming down. So like from that standpoint, the job market is still strong. So there are a ton of open positions. So in the end, having those conversations, you know, might be in the best interest of both parties, right? And on the flip side, when you bring people into the situation, especially the individuals that, you know, like your leadership team and the more honest you are with them, I think most people, many people would be amazed at how, how much people Are willing to help when they know the real story or the full and have a full understanding
0: yeah i think a lot of leaders think that they have to carry that weight on their own and while at the end of the day it is your responsibility to handle it i definitely think people are willing to dig in and ride with you and you can really get respect for being honest versus you know making people jump to their own conclusions and that's a really good way to lose that respect So if you are struggling financially, you've gotten to the point where you're being realistic about your situation and you know that some cuts need to be made, the next step is to evaluate all of your costs to see what can be reduced. I know that we've had to do this a few times within the last 10 years of Accelity, and I know that you've been working with some clients that have to do it too. So what costs are you typically looking at, Ryan?
1: Yeah, and I was going to say too, I mean, you see it in the market some today too, right? they're not necessarily even startups anymore, but you know, when you have a lot of investor dollars and the, v- and the VC funds are propping you up for a long time, at some point the company needs to be profitable. And, and again, you know, you hope that's way down the road and you're growing like crazy, but so at some point you got a level of field from an expense side and you got to put everything on the table and go through and take a look at everything you have in terms of you know, software licenses. Are you using them all? It's surprising when you really do an audit of those things and go, oh yeah, we signed up for this, you know, three years ago and nobody uses it anymore. Or we replaced it with some other tool and kind of forgot to turn off because it's, um, you know, auto renewal every month Mm -hmm. Um,
0: (laughs) that's happened to us a bunch of times and we're like oh this and it's it could be like a little tool that's a hundred dollars a year or whatever it may be and those aren't huge costs but they super add up when you just have things on autopilot that you're not using that happens at home too
1: oh yeah absolutely um and then you know even looking at resources that you have again that are so whether it's software or resources people that you're using that are on retainer or you know are you taking full advantage of what you're paying for and even if you are utilizing so like if it's me as an example as an outsourced contractor you know are you utilizing the time that you're paying for and even if you are you know talk to your vendors about renegotiating your terms potentially and uh you know be honest about your situation if you need to and reassess how many hours or whatever you're paying for or maybe the rate that you need
0: I like that we're two vendors and we're like, you can renegotiate. However, I do. I mean, it's, yeah, oh, I mean, just this is just right thing with me, but. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it to me, but do it to other people. This right, is a right, thing though. Makers, yeah. A lot of companies get to the point where they need to renegotiate and then they're just like, ah, we can't work together anymore, you know, and they just yeah. terminate the contract instead of having the conversation to like, can we scale this back or can we look at all of the money that we're spending and make sure that it is being spent in. The best possible ways especially in marketing you have to absolutely have a really solid grasp on where your money is being spent and what's coming of it because otherwise it's it's kind of pointless right and there's no it's tricky in marketing because there's no like direct line ROI for every single thing that you do. Like you can't exactly assign like deal value and revenue to awareness, for example. However, you can make those connections and good marketers should be able to make a case for why certain spend should continue. But evaluating that spend right now, especially for the companies that are struggling a little bit financially, no brainer.
1: Yeah, and I really challenge people to think about as you're going through kind of like your expense line items, like, is it truly a must have the business can't operate without it? Or is it a nice to have or a nice feature or just cushion somewhere, you know? Um, cause it's hard. It can, yeah. it can be really hard once you have people or processes or things in place to pull back. But, um, yeah, just be really honest and what it is.
0: I talked about that last week, the sacred cows, like, ah, we've been doing it this way anyway, so we're going to keep doing it, but like, how much money is it costing you and is it worth Uh, it?
1: Now on the flip side, evaluate your pricing. If you just real quick, like if you haven't raised prices in the last year, You probably should have, and you may have even missed your window. (laughs) Yeah. But you should do it sooner than later. Yeah.
0: The second best time is now. So, and then the last step is actually pulling the trigger because the longer that you waffle or you drag your feet or you avoid making decisions, the more money that you are spending and the more people really you will hurt with indecisiveness.
1: If you do, you know, when it comes to actually reducing expenses and if you do have to go down this road whether it's uh like you said reducing some of the software or if it's actual personnel moves you need to make or contractors or whatever it might be um if and when you do get to this point i would highly recommend or just go deeper than you need to yeah um because you don't want to come back to this again in three months like when you do get to this point it's hard to make these decisions and it creates a lot of instability or a can, right, within an organization. So if you absolutely have to make reductions, go deeper than you think you need to, to so that you avoid a round two.
0: Yeah, I think that's great advice. You know, we're giving people insight into what it's like to live in our house and have these business and economy conversations <laughs> all the time. <laughs> uh, and I appreciate it. I feel like having it, just having that alternate perspective, if you are the super optimistic one, or you're the realist, making sure that you have the sounding board, um, within your team. I mean, most people don't have it their yeah. marriage, but you know, I feel very lucky to have it. So thanks Ryan for Same. dropping your knowledge today. I appreciate it. Any, any final words?
1: Of like course. A, anytime, anytime. You know where to find me.
0: <laughs> yes. Upstairs in our daughter's room. <laughs> Recording. Cool.
1: Love it. That's right. (laughs) Right. All
0: right. Thank you so much. And for everyone that got value out of this podcast, please share it with just one person that needs to hear this information and help us grow our listener base. And until then, we will talk to you next time. Thank you.